I no, think that's not, a. It's not any less work, and, <laughs> and I don't think it ever has to. Be. I mean, you're you're going to take on, you're going to take on the the responsibility that you're going to take on, whether you're at the top of the org chart or the bottom of the org chart. I think that the way you accept and the way that you attract responsibility or sort of take things on as your responsibility, I think that that's that's more of a personal trait than a reflection of any sort of org chart. This is digital marketing. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Hey everyone, this is Marty Grass, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today we have a very special guest. We have Kyle Porter, who is a long-standing subject matter expert and certified partner for Digital Marketer. He's also the director of strategy at Conklin Media, a full-stack marketing agency. So welcome, Kyle. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I always talk about that presentation you gave last year at the Certified Partner Training Day right before Traffic and Conversion Summit. And I think it really encapsulates everything that we try to teach at Digital Marketer in regards to kind of a set strategy. So I'd love to talk about that. And then also your transition from, you know, an agency, you know, small business owner into now director, which I think is something that I did because I had an agency and now now I work for Digital Marketer. So... Let's get into it. Let's do it. So I think we were actually just talking before before the podcast started about, you know, a lot of companies say they're full stack. And we actually, at Digital Marker, most of the time we'll say, hey, yeah, maybe you don't want to be full stack. Maybe you want to focus on a specific niche or a specific service or a specific industry versus going the full stack route. But you guys seem to be kicking butt at, at full stack. So how how do you do that? I think kind of the way that we've like short circuited that process. And and that's sort of one of my favorite things to do is figure out like, how can I make and it comes out with the, you know, with the presentation I did last year too, that you mentioned, like, how can I take the process that everybody says, like, don't go this way, you know, because it's, it's hard, frankly, you know, to run an agency that's got, you know, that's got SEO experts and PPC and social and email and content and design, like, no one person is going to be able to deliver all of those things at a really high level and have any sort of like reasonable turnaround time or uh, ability to scale or or scope their work 
and I think that's really the issue, you know, so if you're if you're the one man agency or you've got, you know, a team of two or three or four and you're trying to do all of those things, that's a real challenge. Our team has 20 people on it, which I think is kind of like the bare minimum number that you need because we've got really, really good media buyers and we've got really, really good copywriters and we've got really good SEOs and we've got really good designers and developers, but none of those people are really good at all of those things. And so my role is to kind of sit, you know, sort of alongside all of our teams and not be able, I mean, like digital marketer talks all the time about like the T-shaped marketer. My job is to be kind of the crossbar, like the top level of that T and make sure that all of our systems play really well together. Best example that I use is like, we've got, we've got clients that we do, we do Google ads for search ads, PPC, and we'll see incredible results and incredible conversions from, you know, a specific list of keywords that they're running, you know, PPC for. And so my job is to take the fact that we've got these really high converting keywords, bring those to our SEO team, sell that client on, hey, if you're paying for these keywords, you might as well optimize for them at the same time because they're obviously valuable to you. They lead to conversions. So now let's get the SEO team working on those things. Now, I don't necessarily personally have to be the expert in PPC or in SEO. I just have to see how the whole thing plays nice together. That, that's awesome. Well, I think that's really the goal of most marketing agency owners. Like we all love strategy, right? We love looking at the client, love the research, love, you know, putting together the system is really what we like to do, not the writing a landing page, <laughs> building a website, running a campaign. Right. Yeah. I always call it the knob turning, button pushing, lever pulling stuff. It's just, it's not me. You know, and we've got, we've got some really skilled lever pullers and button pushers, but you know, and you need those people that can go in and do that stuff and can, you know, that stay up to speed. Cause I mean, the, all of these landscapes from SEO to, to Google ads, to social, I mean, like it all changes so fast that, you know, you're, if you were to try to do it all yourself, you would, you know, you would just get overwhelmed really, really quickly. I feel like. Or just do a bad job, which is sure what happens most of the time where you're like, oh, I can do it all. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Social media, I can do those posts. Oh, email campaign. Yeah, we can do email campaign. A uh, landing page. Yeah, we got your landing page. E-commerce. Yeah. Sure. It's like, no, that's, that's way too much work. You don't want to do that. You're going to fail at it and everybody's going to feel bad about what's what's going to happen so i think i think that's that's a great way to put it where you have like okay you're able to focus on the, the strategy side the planning and now you have these experts at each individual facet to execute so essentially the t-shaped marketer is your organization right yeah and and we can go we can go deep on any of those levels but i think that that's that's an important point too is that like when you've got if you were to go on the other side and if you had those experts, but you didn't have somebody who was kind of like pulling the puppet strings and making sure that everything worked well together, then you end up in this situation where when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so for the SEOs on our team, like the answer to everything is like, oh, well, let's just write content and build links. And for a PPC, it's like, oh, well, let's just stand up a new campaign where the answer when you look at it from 30,000 feet might be and likely is some combination of all of those things. But unless you've got somebody whose job it is to, you know, to kind of keep their finger on the pulse and make sure that, you know, they are thinking strategically in big picture, then, you know, you end up, I, I think, with a really contentious, difficult situation. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I'll just be the loudest person, you know, is going to be the winner. Like, oh, well, the loudest person is an SEO person, so we're going to focus on content. Or the loudest person is a paid traffic person, so we're focusing on ads instead of your job, which is the the mediator. <laughs> like, now, let's get together. Let's, let's figure it out what works together from that outside perspective that isn't biased by this is my profession. So, of course, I think it's the solution to everything that you want. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, you talked about the presentation I did at the certified partners training last year. And that's, that's really where I feel like my, my biggest job is, is not to, not to just go into a meeting with a client and go, I think you should do SEO, or I believe that, you know, paid traffic is going to work really well for you. My job is to go to them and go, look, here's the data. Here's the search volume. Here's, you know, here's the content that's already written. Here's what your competitors are doing. Here's what they're spending. Here's what their ads look like. Like, let's get some really like quantitative information that I can then present to you as a client and go, hey, I think you should do these five things. And I'm not saying that because I believe in these five things above any other tactic, or I believe that paid is better than organic or any of that kind of stuff. I just know that based on the research that I did, this makes sense. And so then my job is to take all of the like high level digiting, digital marketing research that I'm doing, keyword volume and you know all that kind of stuff, and then present it in a way where a plumber who has no idea and no interest in having any idea about the difference between paid and organic and, you know, different platforms and that kind of stuff. I need to present it to them in a way that's both understandable and compelling so that they go like, Oh, I get it. Now I understand why you're telling me to do Google ads rather than Facebook ads. Or now I understand why, you know, this is the strategy. And so part of my job is like taking, taking higher level concepts and bringing them down to a level that I can impart that knowledge to somebody so that, so that the answer that I've arrived at is the answer that they arrive at as well. And that makes the, the process of selling tremendously easier. Oh, well, I love, you know, incorporating the education side into it, but just enough education that they know that the whole situation is way too complicated for you to do yourself. You know, it's kind of even your, your plumber example, if you reverse the situation, you're like, if a plumber came in and I said, hey, I need this fixed. And they're like, well, let me explain why why I'm going to fix it. I'm like, oh, no, don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. yeah, I don't want you to do that at all. Money. I'm going to show you all the different kind of pipes that I'm going to use. And here's the different like, wrenches. Oh, I should use copper here. I'm like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's what, that's <laughs> that sounds great you know i think that's all always our goal as marketers like if you get that level where they're just like you know what you're the expert i don't care how you do it like yeah <laughs> give me give me the thing i paid for no that's awesome. I, I started off as a a story brand guide and i i really like that framework and that messaging framework and donald miller who wrote the building a story brand books talks about this idea called the curse of knowledge where it's like if you understand something at a really high level, if you're that plumber who's you know a master plumber and you've been doing it for 30 years, and you walk into a house and there's a leak or there's a you know whatever, and you go, oh, this is you know this is easy, this is a walk in the park for me to fix this. It's not a walk in the park for the homeowner. It's it's a walk in the park for me to do that digital marketing research. It's not a walk in the park for the business owner. And the problem is that I start communicating about it. We all do naturally with whatever we're an expert in. We start communicating about it at like a level 10 because that's where we understand it. And our customer's understanding of it is a level two. And so we go, oh, well, I really need to simplify this. And so you bring it down to like a level seven. And they still go like, I don't, I don't know. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So you have to figure out a way 
to communicate about what you know in a way that speaks to your customer's problem, speaks to their desired end result, you know, like meets them, meets them where they are, enters the conversation through their door, you know? No, I love that. Well, I think it's, yeah, you, you obviously are doing an excellent job at it. So let's talk about the owning an agency versus having a job. Cause I think we we're both in that current experience. I had an agency for six years and then I transitioned into, you know, my role now, digital marketer. And you, you did something similar, right? You had an agency for a number of years and now you're an executive. Right. And, and I had an agency prior to that. I had a business, like I had a small business and, and that was where I learned sort of and cut my teeth. And, and looking back, it couldn't have been a better situation because I had, as I was going through this, you know, all the digital marketer training and I was reading all the books and I was watching all the YouTube videos and I was trying, I was trying to become that like full stack marketer on my own and got, you know, deep enough with every category that I can do what I'm doing now, which is awesome. But I was, I was using my own business as sort of a laboratory for all the things that I was learning, you know? So I had a a chain of kids, martial arts schools. And so I would, you know, I would read about Facebook ads or Google ads or SEO or whatever it was. And I would try it, you know, and I would go, does this work? Does this not work? And, and I ran into this problem that if there's a recurring theme across everything that I've done, it's that the digital marketing landscape is so broad and so deep. And there's so many different things that you could be doing that the problem business owners have is not a problem of I'm all out of ideas. The problem is like, Ryan describes it as like starvation versus indigestion. People aren't starving for ideas. They're just, they're bombarded. They go, okay, well, do I need to redo my website? Do I need to do SEO? Do I need to do social ads? Do I need to do Google ads? Do I need to do email marketing? Do I need to build a lead magnet? You know, and you kind of go like, where do I start? Because if I build a lead magnet, then I need a landing page. And if I'm going to offer a lead magnet, then I need an email follow-up sequence. And what's my offer going to be? And how am I going to send people up that ladder? And how am I even going to get people to that page? And all of a sudden now there's like six or seven elements and you go, well, dang, what do I do? What do we do here? You know? And so what I ultimately had to build that sort of came about naturally that I've since applied to multiple other businesses, many hundreds of businesses is this process because digital marketer has this incredible process called the customer value journey. That is the process by which a customer experiences doing business with you. So first they become aware, then they engage then they subscribe, they convert, they excite, they ascend, they advocate, they promote, right? So they go all the way from, I don't know who you are to let me enthusiastically tell my family and friends about you, right? And every step along the way, there has to be something mapped out. Well, if as a marketer, if as the person who's designing that structure, designing that pathway, if I try to follow the same path as I build it, it becomes a colossal failure really, really quick, right? Because the methods that I use to generate awareness, things like SEO and paid ads and, you know, all of those things in a vacuum by themselves are basically useless awareness for the sake of awareness. If I don't have a way to take that awareness and turn it into sales and turn it into conversion, if I don't have a place to send that traffic, what's the point of the awareness, right? So I've got to figure out an order by which I can build it internally so that the process of creating that relationship becomes really easy. So that's what I did. And, and then I, sort of segue that. And I, I am, like I said, a kid's karate school. So right around March of 2020, 2020. Yeah. Whenever COVID hit the last yeah. three years. Ago, <laughs> you know, I don't it's know like one year. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was 2020, right? Yeah. It's got, it. and, uh, 
right around March of 2020, COVID hit and my karate school overnight, I mean, dried up. Like there was, we had an after school program where we're picking kids up from school. It's a daycare. You know, I've got kids coming into classes and like grabbing each other and sweating on each other. Like that's not the business to be in as soon as COVID hit. And fortunately I was like right at the place where I was starting to take on my own clients. And so I pivoted really hard because I had two kids. I had a family, like I got to, I got to feed them, you know? And so I switched, I started doing a lot of the marketing work for clients just sort of as a side project. And, and meanwhile, our karate school shifted completely online. And if you've never tried to teach karate to a four-year-old over a Zoom call, I don't recommend it. That's not it's not a lot the of hardest fun. thing to do ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're literally running around like, look, I got, I got this, I have this. And they're like showing it to you. And they're like, do you want to meet my dog? And I'm like, no. You know? like, no. <laughs> yeah. So no, it was, it, it was a mess. It was a mess, but, but yeah, so I shifted. And then the work that I was doing for clients really started to take off. Everything was going really well. And I, as I was building the karate school back and kind of getting it back on its feet, sort of through and post, you know, post COVID, um, we got back to a really good place. But by that point I was making more from the marketing work that I was doing than I was from the karate school. So I was running the agency and, and the gym at the same time, everything was, was going pretty well. And then through a connection I had through DM got in touch with this agency now that I'm working for and was able to take a lot of the lessons and a lot of the strategic stuff that I did, because again, I'm not the button pusher. So I wasn't pushing buttons for my clients at that time. And this agency needed a strategist to come in. So I was kind of like, here's this thing that I build for clients. And it's this really robust like document that gives them the full plan. I just hadn't been able to execute on it. And now that I'm with Conklin, we can. And so it's just, I mean, it's been like pouring gas on the fire. So it's been really cool. I love that. Well, and I think you what you find when you don't have an agency or it's not your business, you actually don't have to worry about a bunch of stuff that was stressing you out all the time, <laughs> like sales, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's it's crazy because, you know, with, for for both the karate school and my own agency, I was like, uh, the buck stopped with me, you know? And, and I think that that's that's a really good position. Like, I feel like every person should have to wait tables at some point in their life, just so you understand, like, that your ranch dressing is not that important, you know, and like maybe be a decent human being. But I also feel like every person should have, whether it's a side hustle or or something where you're accountable to like the profit and loss statement, because even now, coming into an agency and a and a job where I am ultimately not the person that the success or failure of the business falls to my shoulders, but that's the only mindset that I really know how to occupy because it's all I've done. And that makes me better at what I do now because I take, yeah, I take ownership of my decisions. I take ownership of outcomes. I take ownership of all the things because that's what I'm used to doing. I've never, you know, for the last seven or eight years, I've never known anything but Kyle, this is yours. So figure it out, make it work. And and I think that that's really valuable. So if, if you don't have something that, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be your full-time thing, but if you, if you don't have something where literally the success or failure of it falls directly on you, then, you know, that's a, that's a really powerful way to learn some really good lessons. Oh yeah. Well, I think just small business ownership, like you, you appreciate the difficulty that all other small business owners are going through. So even now, as you're working with these people, you're like, I know what's up. Like this is, you got to make sales. You got to hire a company that's going to improve overall marketing for an entire 
business. And I think the, yeah, if you haven't owned a business or you've always had a job, you can't appreciate that. And then when you do get a job, it's like, okay, I, I know what you're going through. Even though it's not, the stakes aren't as high as they were before, where it's like, if I'm not out there making sales, we're not going to have money this month. <laughs> you know, that's a different pressure than, you know, having a job where you're like, okay, now I get a focus on the actual stuff I'm supposed to be focusing on. Not sales, not paying the bills, not fixing up the office or whatever you have to do as a business owner. Now you just get a focus, which I, you know, for me personally, I, I love that where I'm like, oh, my, my job is to make sure this thing runs right, you know, and, and everything does not, you know, yes, technically it's literally in my job description. The book start, stops with you. <laughs> like That's in my job description, but it's still like, ah, no, I'm actually part of a team and I have my fellow presidents and stuff like that that I have to work with, but it's not the same pressure as it was before. It's not less work though. No, I think not, that's a it's not any less work. And and <laughs> I don't think it ever has to be. I mean, you're you're gonna take on you're gonna take on the the responsibility that you're going to take on, whether you're at the top of the org chart or the bottom of the org chart. I think that the way you accept and the way that you attract responsibility or sort of take things on as your responsibility, I think that that's, that's more of a personal trait than a reflection of any sort of org chart. And, and you know, I think that it, it makes it, at least for me, to your point about like speaking with business owners, it makes me focus on the same things that they're focused on, which is that like, I can't, even though I'm working in a marketing agency and we're doing, you know, we're doing ads and running videos and doing all these kinds of things, I can't focus on anything but the metrics that matter to them as a business owner. So, you know, if, if somebody, when I ran a business, if somebody were coming to me going, look at all these video views we got you and look at all these clicks and all these impressions that we got you, I kind of go like, all right, like that's great. Thank you. But that doesn't, that doesn't feed my kids. Right. And so I have to make sure that I keep our team focused on on making sure that marketing doesn't turn into this glorified arts and crafts project where like we made you these really cool videos and we stood up these cool new ads and look at how awesome, you know, the landing page slider is. And you go like, well, great. But like, if I'm not making money back on the money that I'm spending, if I'm not putting a dollar into the machine and getting $2 back out, then something's broke, you know? And, and that fundamentally drives, what I do and how I, you know, how I make decisions for clients and how I make decisions for our team and what I recommend and, you know, all those sorts of things have to play a role. Oh, and that's, that's actually a really good summation. I love the, the arts and crafts project because <laughs> yeah. really that's what people deliver all the time. Like, okay, that's neat. It didn't do anything, but right. cool. <laughs> yeah, but look at, uh, yeah, look at this really beautiful new website. And it's like, all right, like, that's great. I really like it. It's really pretty. But like, our conversion rate plummeted, you know, and like, I'm not making any money. And I mean, we, we have it happen. Because, again, like to see the big picture, that's, that's sort of where I fall. We had a client that came to us, big e commerce client, they had, you know, I think 20,000 SKUs or something like that. And they had hired a web design company to go in and design their website, design a new website for them. This web design company went in, designed them a beautiful website and then didn't do any of like the redirects or any of the SEO stuff. So like all of their SEO rank was just went in the tank and, you know, traffic plummeted and they're coming to us going like, I don't like, 
they don't know what the problem is and why that stuff is important. You know, all they knew is they needed a new website and they trusted that an agency that they're going to hire is going to take all those things into account. And a lot of people just don't know to take those things into account. And that's, that's scary. So I think it's really important to do your due diligence as a client, as an agency to make sure that like you're checking all your boxes and getting, you know, getting everything done, which is why I like the fact that we are full service and can have somebody from our team sort of check and balance each other. That's awesome. Well, just having the team to be able to do that is, is pretty neat. So let me ask you this. What do you prefer? Do you prefer being a business owner or do you prefer being a, the executive? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that like, again, for me, I don't draw a, a huge distinction between the two. You know, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would be behaving any differently on a day-to-day basis if, if I, you know, were signing the paychecks or if I were, you know, paying the mortgage every month. I think again, for me, it's more of a mindset. I, I like the ability to sort of cast direction and cast vision. And, you know, here's sort of like, I really like the the model that I think it was Gina Wickman. I think it's a book called rocket fuel. He talks about like, you've got a visionary who's the person who like sets the direction and here's where we're going. And here's, you know, how I imagine this, this thing becoming. And then you have an integrator who's the person, you know, sort of alongside but just underneath and their job is to take all of the visionaries ideas and like make them real and in order to be that person you've got to be super detail oriented you've got to be really focused you've got to be good at the follow through and i'm i'm not that person i'm the like here's a big idea and here's like uh, and i'll get us 40 percent of the way there and then i'm going to get distracted by my next big idea and i'm going to go start working on that and you know i hope you guys finish this because it's a really good idea but i I just (laughs) am not the guy that's going to get it across the finish line so yeah i don't i don't know that i really see a huge difference between the the business owner especially you know as you get higher up in an organization you don't have like i don't show up to work every day and have a have a to-do list you know i don't have a a list of things i got to check off i just have to make sure that Clients are happy. I have to make sure that we bring in new clients. So my role looks very much like a business owner's role. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think for on that side, having it just depends on your organizational structure too, because you probably have a cool owner that you get along with. And that, that makes a big difference. And the organization, like, okay, the team, that makes a big difference, especially if it's handed to you. I, I have noticed that versus you bringing on people, because those two things are wildly different. And that's actually something I never dealt with because I was essentially a one-man agency, just like you. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, I, I hire help when I need it kind of thing. Versus now it's like employees. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Now it's my job to develop these people and run the business and you know, and be responsible for the projections, which I participate in, but they're given to me half the time. Like, here's your objective. And so it's it's definitely a different thing. And I think for me, you know, the interest in having a position was actually the learning opportunity from the people that are above me where I'm like, okay, well, Ryan's made a hundred million dollars. I could learn some stuff from this yeah, guy. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, like I have direct access, you know, and, uh, and you're getting paid for it. Paid for learning. You know, it's kind of how that's I that's huge. And one of the things, I mean, like, so when I, when I ran the karate school, I think, and I think it's probably pretty similar at the, you know, at the agency too, is, most of the people that are in the roles that they're in, you know, they're, whether they're younger, whether they're older, a lot of these people, a lot of them have ambitions towards entrepreneurship at some level, at some point 
down the line, right? Like they, it would be nice to own my own agency. It would be nice to do my own thing. But everybody, I feel like across the board has a desire to be invested in, a desire to be, to, to grow themselves professionally, or at least you would hope that they do. At least you, you would hope that they're not just kind of sitting on their laurels. But one of the things that we did at the karate school is I would, on Fridays, we called it workshop Fridays and everybody showed up two hours early. Um, and this was, this was something they wanted to do. I mean, it was literally their favorite day and we did workshop Friday and I would teach them. Here's what it's like to, here's what it's like to own a business and here's, or here's what it's like to own a karate school. And here's how you connect with the local elementary schools. And here's how you set up an email campaign. And here's how you read a profit and loss statement. And here's how you look for the right real estate to open your karate school. I mean, just like simple stuff, not simple stuff, but you know, the fundamental stuff that I would only, that I only knew because I had done it and I had made the mistakes, you know, so it's a, it's a, an acceleration. It was a way for me to kind of go like, Hey, here's the answers to these questions so that you don't have to make these mistakes yourself. And we just started, I think towards the beginning of the summer at Conklin, we just started making Fridays professional development in the afternoons. And it's partly like a summer, you know, like let's, let's get our work done Monday through Thursday. Let's bust, you know, our tails during the, the beginning part of the week and then have the last day in the afternoon to give ourselves a little bit of breathing room, but also to, to invest in some professional development stuff. So, you know, if people go to ad conferences or they'll review the material that's presented there, or they'll go through stuff that's in digital marketer, or they'll read new articles or they'll, they'll just kind of invest. But one of the ways that we sort of hold each other accountable is that everybody on our team every three weeks or so is responsible for presenting to the team what it is that they've learned. So we all get together and we all have a meeting and they go, here's what we were working on, or here's what I've been working on. Here's what I've been learning. And then we all have sort of a brainstorming session, like an impromptu conversation where we go, oh, this would be cool to apply to this client. So it ends up being really, really productive work. Um, that otherwise wouldn't get done because it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day. I've got to get this stuff done for this client. I've got this deliverable that's due. And so it's really hard sometimes to zoom out and go like, what's a new idea that I could come up with for this client that we've had for six years that you know they, they have these services and they're running like clockwork and everything's great. And we're producing content, running ads, and everything's good. And so you with a client like that, you just it can be really difficult to... Uh, to take a step back and come up with new plans. But this kind of forces our hand on that. And, and it's been it's been really, really good. I love that. Well, and it, and it kind of disconnects from that, the rat race, you know, because I think that's what we all get stuck in where it's like, well, I know I should be working on that project, but I have to get all this crap done. And then it's, you know, seven o'clock in the evening and you haven't gone to the thing that you wanted to do today because you had to catch up with everything else. But really just that, that focus time that you're talking about, like a couple hours on Friday. Uh, I mean, that's, that's huge. It could be as little as I, I think half an hour. And now we do that sometimes where it's like, Hey guys, work on nothing but this for 30 minutes. And it's like, Oh, everybody's good to go. You know, when everybody's rowing the boat in the same direction at the same time, it's really, really powerful. And, and I think the other thing that it's forced us to do too is because I was so used to using my own business as kind of the guinea pig for any, you know, any ideas is I, I tell people all the time in the agency space that, you know, that I've talked to who are in like the certified partner community, 
no matter what, even if every single one of your clients left, you still have one client and that's your own business. And most people forget that, you know, so like eat your own dog food, run your own SEO campaigns, run PPC campaigns for yourself, like test it out, figure it, like figure out what works because the stakes obviously for your business are, are high, but not as high as, you know, spending somebody else's money and screwing things up for them. So, you know, run it for yourself and, and in whatever way you separate out the work that you do for your clients, you know, I work on this client, then I work on this client, then I work on this client, or, you know, however it is that you structure your week to make sure that all of your client deliverables are there, just add in another client and it's your own business and work on yourself the way that you would any other client. And I think that the, the compounding results of doing that week after week, day after day are huge. You know I mean? We always pat ourselves on the back. I hear it all the time. Like we celebrate all these successes in the digital marketer community for all these incredible results that we create for our clients. And if we were able to apply that same effort and achieve those same results for our own business, we'd all be in really good shape. Oh yeah. Well, I think that's, that's the hardest thing is, is to kind of step back and, and you see it all the time because I'll, I'll talk to marketers that have made millions for their clients. And then you look at their, you know, own online presence, specifically the, the, new bootcamp that we're about to launch pay me a bootcamp we have aaron parkinson and his company like if you look at his website it's like was obviously made in 2005 like and i'm like like dude what happened he's like well uh, we're kind of slammed i don't even need to do this (laughs) and i'm like and it's funny though because you see and i know like how successfully is just based on the stats it's like that's incredible that you don't even have to try but if he did try then it's like, wow, you're taking something super successful. And now you're lighting it on fire. Like that's essentially well, what you I, I don't could know, do if you like. Met him a couple, I've met him, I think, once. And but if you said, like, hey, Aaron, could you could you take on one more client right now? If I brought you a perfect client, could you do work? Do you does your team have the bandwidth for one more client? The answer is yes, hundred percent, sure. So make that client your own business, you know, and like roll them in, like roll it into the, into the weekly cadence, assign tasks to your team members, you know, like run it as though you have your own business as a client and achieve some of the same results for yourself that you're achieving for your clients. That's an excellent suggestion. And I think on that vein, one of the things I do, it seems kind of silly, but you could make appointments on your own calendar for yourself. Absolutely. (laughs) You should. Yeah. 2 p.m. What's going on here? Like, treat it no different than any other client. No, that's that's a huge suggestion. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com. 
www.ebaymedia.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. So just getting back on the, the business owner versus the executive role, what would you think is the best and worst things of both positions? Yeah, so as the business owner, uh, I, I think probably I have to like, I have to think back about my my dad. And when when I was growing up, my dad was, he was an elected official. So he had an office of people that worked for him. And he always told the story about, there was one day he was in the break room in his office, like, on his hands and knees, scrubbing out the the bottoms of the cabinets because I guess something had spilled or just like stuff had just like accumulated. And he's like in there just like scrubbing it out. And somebody walked in and was like, why are you doing like, why are you doing that? You know, like it's his office. And why are you the one on your hands and knees scrubbing the bottom of the cabinet? And he always instilled in me that like, when you are the one at the top, like there's no job that's too big. There's no job that's too small. Um, everything is your responsibility. So if something isn't right, you know, no matter who you've assigned to be in charge of that thing, everything is your responsibility. So I think that the pressure for me of, you know, am I doing enough? Am I setting the the pace? Am I setting the cadence? Am I setting the tone for the work that needs to be done? Um, when you own the business, all of that pressure comes from underneath, right? It's all the people who work for you. And so it's really easy for people who work for you. You know, if you're sitting there, you know, wasting the day away, scrolling through Instagram, it's really easy for them to go, Oh, well he owns the business and he's sitting here scrolling through Instagram. Why am I going to get up and, you know, vacuum the floor, you know, whatever it is that needs to be done. And so you have this pressure to, to put the work in and to show them that like, this is the way here that things are done. And as a, as an employee, no matter at what level, there is some degree of pressure from above, right? And it's, you know, we've got these outcomes that need to be achieved. We've got specific goals that we have in place, you know, and for me, I feel like a lot of that pressure is self-imposed because like you said, like our agency owner, our CEO, he's super laid back. Like I've never once has it been like a, you need to like, it's just been, but just the fact that there is somebody in a position that you're accountable to other than yourself, particularly when you have a really good relationship with that person, you want to deliver and you, you want to, you know, you want to create results, you know, because, because you're accountable to those results and you're accountable to another person in a way that you're not in a situation where you own the business. And I don't know that that's necessarily bad or worse or better. I just sort of, I, I think about it, you know, in terms of like, where are the eyeballs coming from? Maybe I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, no, no, I think that's a that's a great way to say it. You know, the the responsibility that you have is slightly different, but like you said before, it's it's your personality. Like, and I I even told my wife this when I got this job. I was like, I'm not going to treat this any differently than I do my own business. Like, I cannot function like that. <laughs> it's it's balls to the wall or nothing but I'm not doing some kind of in between just because it's somebody else's project. Well, as, as an agency owner, that's the best way to be like treat that client like they were your business. And how would you do these things to get successful? And what would you be satisfied with? And what would you expect kind of thing? And I also love your point about, you know, your dad on his hands and knees doing the, you know, cleaning up a mess. Cause I've, I've seen employees, you know, do that before where it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. That's not my job. Yeah. That's not my job. Yeah. yeah. 
But actually, when I started at Digital Marketer, I would go into the kitchen at headquarters at Digital Marketer and it'd be Richard and Ryan doing the dishes. And so when we actually made up our principles for, you know, the year, that was one of the things we added was do the dishes because really there's no task underneath you ever. <laughs> so, so, you know, and that's, that's a culture thing and it's a mindset thing, but yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's the best point. Like as a, whether you're a business owner or you're an employee, like you are going to be you and you're going to treat everything the same, you know? In some aspects, I think it's lazy, like that, that you don't have unique conditions for whatever situation you're in. But I'm like, it's so much easier to just have work principles and execute them the same way wherever you go. You know, and it's yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think that, you know, if there's one one difference. So I'm a I'm a big believer and I have it's been reinforced being in a position where I'm part of a team, but not necessarily always at the tip of the spear or at the head, you know, the head of the table is that when it is, when a decision is made, even if it's a decision that you disagree with, if a decision is made, you know, however decisions get made, that this is what's best for the organization, then you have a responsibility as does everybody on the team to run like hell in that direction. Right. So we don't want to be the person. Well, it's like, I didn't think this was a good idea. And so I'm going to dig my heels in. I'm going to cross my arms and I'm going to I'm going to not do this. Do a bad job. (laughs) Right. I'm going to do a bad job because I don't think this is the way we should be doing things anyway. You know, like that's that's toxic. I can't I can't stand that in an organization. And in in an organization that I own and I didn't have to pull this card very often, but there were one or two times where I went like, Hey, I understand that you guys who work for me think that this, you know, or at least a couple of you think that this is the way that we should be doing things, but I've got to pull out the like owner card and I've got to be like, Hey, we're actually, I understand you don't like this decision, but this is the way we're going to do things. And, and I think now it gives me an appreciation on both sides of that. So it gives me an appreciation for the ability and the difficulty of, of saying that as, you know, the business owner, when you understand that, like you are making a withdrawal from the emotional bank account relationship that you have with those people by saying, look, I understand you. I hear your point, but we're going to do something different. Um, and then also being in that position where somebody's saying that to you and they're going, Hey, look, I hear you, your point is valid, but we're going to do this. And then you having to be in a position where you go like, okay, if that's what we're doing, then that's what we're doing. You know, and it's, it's asking people to run really hard versus running really hard when somebody asks you to. And, and I think having now been on both sides of that, I don't know that I would necessarily do anything different, but it, it at least gives me kind of the appropriate paradigm in both of those, in both of those positions. Yeah, that kind of perspective, you can see it from both yeah. sides. And, you know, I think it is a, a certain degree of trust, too. Like, you have to trust the people above you. Like, hey, you know, and that, I came into a lot of that because from my, my background in marketing is mainly on the content side. So the paid side was always like, okay, I've experienced doing it, but not really. And I need a lot of help and understanding. And so putting the trust in the people above you to be like, you guys know your business, you know what works. I'm going to trust you, even though I don't understand why yet but it's a learning experience and now i'm now i'm doing something outside my comfort zone i'm forced to do something outside my comfort zone and now i'm learning things that i would not have learned because i wouldn't have advocate that based on my experience so i think from a 
the benefit of the job is like, yeah, you're going to do stuff that you don't necessarily agree with. And that's okay right. because <laughs> this is going to make you better. And as a job. business owner, I think that, that it's really easy to fall into those ruts because as a business owner, if there's a part of the job that is outside of my comfort zone, it's not an above me or beneath me, like, or I won't do this job or I'm too good to do this job. It's just a, like, that's not my, that's not my wheelhouse. It's not where I throw heat. But that can, I think, be like a little bit of a self-limiting belief because when you have a job and somebody goes, look, here's what you're doing. And you kind of go like, all right, well, I don't know how to do that, but I'll figure it out. And you realize like, oh, well, maybe I do have some skills at this or maybe I am, you know, maybe I do enjoy this a little bit more than I thought I would. I think when you're when you're the person making the decisions, you're not always going to put yourself in the uncomfortable situation of, you know, doing things that are outside of your wheelhouse, whereas in a job, you know you might find yourself doing that. And, you know, that's happened to me. It sounds like it's happened to you. And I think there's real value in, in doing that because it does expand your own capabilities for sure. Oh yeah. I just look at the whole thing as, as learn experience. And it's something that I've actually like unconsciously, like I've taken an executive position after five years of business ownership for the last 20 years. I want to say I go from executive then I own a business, then I'm an executive, then I own a business, and it just goes back and forth. Like the the amount of experience I've gained from doing that is worth more than almost any, you know, master's program I could try to attend. Plus I get a bunch of experience that are outside of things I didn't even know I wanted to do. And so and I think that the biggest limiting thing for this situation is really that the small business community says, I'm not gonna have a job because jobs are for jerks. And then the job community is like, well, I don't want to be a business owner. It's not something I want to do. And the fact of the matter is you can do either and do both. Well, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. So, no, I think it's, you know, just this whole discussion is kind of reinforcing that point. Like you could be a business owner and you can have a job and you can go back and forth and both are good. So you don't need to really villainize either is really what comes down to yeah i think i think it's just kind of managing the ebbs and flows and you know part of it is like contextualize it to what's right at that point in your life i mean when i took when i took this job my wife was pregnant with our third kid um i had been in the martial arts space for 20 years and and this transition for me was a way for me to accelerate my own education in a way that like I was never, ever, ever going to get by watching courses or, you know, trying to do it on my own. You know, it, it forces me to be, to be much, much better, much, much faster. And I wouldn't have gotten that in an, in a more entrepreneurial setting. And, you know, if at some point a more entrepreneurial role makes sense for me, you know, like no decision that anybody makes is, you know, like you're not, you're not etching it in stone that this is who you are and what you do. Just so, you know, if you if you transition out of an entrepreneurial role into more of an employee-based role, great. Feel, feel it out. See how it goes for a little while. Does it make sense for your life? And then if it doesn't, then it's pretty easy to set up an LLC <laughs> and be, you did be it back before, on right? with a two weeks notice and a hundred bucks to legal zoom. You can be an entrepreneur again really fast. So yeah. No, no, I think I think just having that flexibility, especially in the current market, is it's super beneficial, you know. So, you know, whether you're you have a job or you're doing it yourself, great. You know, what are you trying to do right now? And if it makes sense, have a job. If it doesn't make sense, don't have a job. 
it's world's wide open. So, well, I, I think it's been a great talk. You know, if any parting words for people who are, are trying to decide between agency ownership versus, you know, marketing profession. So I would say that whichever side of the equation you find yourself on, the absolute number one most important thing is the way that you build and nurture and develop the relationships that you have, whether it's people in your industry, whether it's clients, you know, every good thing that has happened in my career has been as a result of the relationships that I built. And a lot of times there were relationships that I didn't really expect to pan out, you know, or to play out the way that they did, but you'd be really surprised by who ends up being able to really help you, who ends up being able to really advocate for you, who makes a connection that changes your life. So if you're not actively building relationships, giving without expectation and, and treating people really well, then I think you're, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. That's, that's excellent advice. Where can people find more about you or your company? Yeah. So best place is conklinmedia.com. We, like I said, are, are full service. So we kind of do it all. You know, you can reach out to me, Kyle at conklinmedia.com. I'm happy to get on the calls. I get on calls with certified partners and folks in the digital marketer community all the time. I'm always happy to help. I'm always happy to um, throw whatever advice I can out there, or lend a hand however I can, just because I eat my own dog food and love building connections. So reach out, find me on LinkedIn. You know, I'm, I'm all the normal places. Well, we, we love your stuff and really appreciate your contribution and your, you know, inclusion in our community it has been huge for everybody who's been able to hear you talk. So we really appreciate that. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, DM listeners. If you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.